Well, the next part of the Apostles' Creed, we've already read, but says that he, Jesus, descended to the dead. And this line in the Creed is probably one of maybe two lines that are a little difficult to understand, maybe a little controversial for some. Uh, So what I want to do is just spend the next few minutes just explaining kind of what that line of the Creed has tried to communicate for the last couple thousand years of church history, explain why it's, it's biblical, but ultimately why it even matters for us today. Why is this an important part of the, our confession and why is it good news for us as Christians? Uh, well, ultimately this line in the creed was written and included by the church with the desire to make a confession of belief about where Jesus was and what Jesus accomplished in between his death on Friday and his resurrection on Sunday. It's a confession about what has now been termed Holy Saturday. We have Good Friday, then Holy Saturday, Easter Sunday. And it refers to this doctrine of Christ's descent. Okay? And even though it's, it's faced some opposition by Christians, particularly in, in our modern times, it was a doctrine that was regularly confessed by the church, even as early as the second century. In fact, church fathers like Ignatius and Polycarp and uh, Irenaeus and Justin and Tertullian, they all referred to the doctrine of Christ's descent in their writings. To say this is good news. We confess this. We believe this. And some of the confusion of this doctrine, uh, if if you're familiar with the Apostles' Creed, the confusion might stem from the fact that that some of our English translations of the Creed say that Jesus descended uh, not to the dead, but descended to hell. But really, it's a better translation for us from the Latin uh, to say that he descended to the dead. Because the Latin phrases that were used throughout church history um, didn't imply and they didn't teach That Jesus descended to what we think of as hell, that place of torment and judgment and suffering. But rather, it was used to refer to this general realm of the dead. Okay, So that's why in our presentation of the Apostles' Creed during this series, we're using this phrase that Jesus descended to the dead. And of course, it's important for us to understand what the, the church taught about this for the last couple thousand years. But, but ultimately, it's good for us to say, well, like, where did they get this doctrine from? Like, is there any biblical evidence for the belief that when Jesus died on the cross, that his soul went to the place of the dead? Well, there's a lot of places um, that we could look at in Scripture. A lot could be said. I'm just going to point our attention to a couple places this evening. Uh, but it's important to understand that, that, that the Bible teaches that when Jesus rose from the dead, he rose not just from the state of being dead, but he actually rose from the place of the dead and from among the dead ones. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20, chapter 15, being all about Christ's resurrection and our resurrection because of it. He says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Paul there using that phrase from the dead uh, to describe not just that Jesus was dead, but now he's alive, but, but that he was raised from among the many who had died before. And he would be a lot clearer about this in Romans. In Romans chapter 10, listen to what Paul writes. He says, But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. So understand, Paul here, he's, he's 
Asking the question like, who has the power to go to heaven? Who can do that? Who can bring Christ down? Or, or who can descend and bring Christ up? And Paul makes a connection there. He connects this place, the abyss, with that phrase from the dead. It's the same phrase he uses in 1 Corinthians 15. But the big idea here is that, that again, Jesus was raised not just from the state of being dead, but from the place of the dead, from among the other dead ones. And so very briefly, the Bible presents a view of the cosmos really in three tiers. There's the heavens, the earth, and the underworld. The underworld being the place of the dead. And it's described in a lot of different ways throughout the Bible, uh, teaching that really there are, there are different compartments, so to speak, uh, um, among the dead where, where souls are in and what we call this intermediate state, that's the theological term, the, the state of death until Jesus returns and the unrighteous dead will be judged and cast away, while the righteous dead, those who are saved in Christ, they're not righteous because they were good in their life, but because uh, they've trusted in Christ and his righteousness has been applied to them, to their account, the righteous dead will be resurrected and live with Christ forever. And then the Bible speaks in other places uh, of rebellious angels being kept in prison or kept in chains, chains during this time. And so the Bible uses terms like Hades and Sheol or the abyss, as we saw there in, in Romans 10, to kind of speak of this place uh, of the dead in kind of a general sense, where the souls are until Christ returns. And then the Bible speaks of paradise. Or Abraham's bosom as the place of the righteous dead. And then another place it speaks of Gehenna or, or, or the lake of fire for that final place of judgment for the unrighteous. That place that, uh, that we're referring to when we speak of hell today. And, and so when the churches confess that, that Jesus descended to the dead, it's meant that Jesus has descended or did descend to the place of the righteous dead. In fact, it wasn't only Paul who taught this in 1 Corinthians 15 and Romans 10. In fact, Jesus taught this himself. If you remember when Jesus is nailed to the cross and, and he's hanging there, and one of the, the people being crucified with him makes a confession of faith. You really are the Son of God. And Jesus says to him, today you will be in paradise with me. In fact, there's another instance before this, during Jesus' life in ministry in Matthew chapter 12, where the Jewish religious leaders, they, uh, they come to Jesus. They come to him asking for him to perform some kind of sign. They want to see a miracle. They want to see something flashy. But Jesus says, no, I'm not going to perform a sign for you except for what Jesus calls the sign of Jonah. And this is how he describes this sign. This is Matthew chapter 12, uh, verse 40. Jesus says, For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And so Jesus calling back to the old story of Jonah. If you remember that story, Jonah's called by God to go to the city of Nineveh to preach there. Jonah doesn't want to go, so he gets on a boat going the opposite direction. God sends a storm. Jonah's thrown into the sea where a large fish swallows him. And Jonah there remains there for three days and three nights before being spit back out onto dry land. And Jesus refers to this and says, here's the sign you're going to get, the sign of Jonah. Of course, he's talking about his resurrection. 
but it also speaks to his descent. In fact, listen to how Jonah describes this experience. This is Jonah chapter 2. He's in, in the belly of the whale praying to God. Verse 2 says, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. So here Jonah says, God, you've cast me into the heart of the seas. A place that he describes as Sheol. And then there's Jesus in Matthew 12 saying, I will be three days and three nights, and using the same language as Jonah, in the heart of the earth. The point being that both Jesus, Jesus literally, and Jonah figuratively descend to the depths of the pit. To Hades, to Sheol, the abyss. And so in Matthew 12, Jesus isn't just merely comparing the time frame of his time of death with Jonah's time in the fish. Rather, Jesus is comparing himself to Jonah because what happens to them, again, Jesus literally and Jonah figuratively is the same. That they descend to the place of the dead. That Jonah's body is in the fish or the grave while his soul metaphorically is in Sheol. While Jesus' body is in the heart of the earth, the grave, while his soul literally is in the place of the dead. And a lot more passages could be looked at. And of course, there's probably a lot more questions that stem from that that we could answer. But with a very basic understanding of what the Bible says here, it's good for us to ask, like, why does this even matter? Like, why is this part of the confession uh, alongside such important things as the, the lordship of Christ and his deity? Why does it matter? Why, why, what difference does it make? Let me offer you two quick reasons why Christ's descent matters. First of all, it means that Christ experienced death in the same way we do. Again, Christ experienced death in the same way we do. Jesus really died. His body really was buried in a tomb and his soul departed to the place of the dead. So understand, when the Bible speaks of us having a high priest in Jesus, this one who can sympathize with our weaknesses, this includes physical death. That when our loved ones pass away, or when we face death ourselves, we really can turn to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus understands death. Why? Because he actually experienced death just like we will. That Jesus wasn't in some kind of you know, spiritual green room um, waiting his time to come back out on stage at the resurrection. No, Christ experienced death in the same way we do. But even more, why this matters is Christ also defeated death. That not only did he descend, but he would also ascend. That he would rise again, which of course we'll celebrate in a couple days on Sunday. And because he ascended, those of us who are with him, even though we might descend in death, we will raise to eternal life in glorified form. But this is comforting to us because Christ has gone before us. In fact, there's another really important scene in the Old Testament. In the book of Numbers, a book maybe you don't spend a lot of time in. Uh, but in, in this part of Israel's history, uh, the nation of Israel is making their way through the desert. They're headed to the promised land, this land that God has promised them. And, and, and we find out they're actually being led by the Ark of the Covenant. 
Okay, and so in Roman, uh, Romans, Numbers chapter 10, verse 33, we see this great imagery, this beautiful picture here of what God's doing for them. This is verse 33. It says, So they, the nation of Israel, set out from the mount of the Lord three days' journey. And the ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them three days' journey to seek out a resting place for them. Again, the people of Israel, they, they leave Mount Sinai, but we're told that the Ark of the Covenant, that, that artifact that represented God's presence with them, actually goes ahead of them three days' journey before them. And this is incredible imagery of the descent of Jesus. In fact, one theologian notes, just as the Ark of the Covenant went before the people of Israel through the wilderness for three days to find a place for them to rest, so Christ has gone before us through the wilderness of Hades to prepare a place for us to rest in him. I mean, this is the importance of Christ's death for us. His body nailed to the cross. After his death, his body buried in the tomb. His soul descending to the place of the dead where he would proclaim victory to the dead before his resurrection on Sunday. And so when faced with death... We, in Christ, Paul says, right, we grieve, but we don't grieve like those without hope. Why? Because Jesus has walked that path. He's gone to the grave. And even more than that, he's defeated it. And so the good news of the gospel for us is, is that those of us who put our faith in Jesus, again, turning away from our sin, turning to Christ in faith, we follow the same path. We follow the same journey as Jesus. That even though we die, even though we descend, death is not the end. That we go with Jesus even into death. And because Jesus has walked that way before us, we can actually face that with confidence and boldness knowing that there's life on the other side. So we say, Jesus descended to the dead. And this is good news for us. But what we celebrate on Sunday could not have happened without everything that happened on Friday and Saturday. Again, the significance of the death of Christ can never be overstated. It's that moment that all of history looked forward to beforehand. And we're on this side of the cross and we look forward to his uh, glorious future with Christ. But we have that hope because of Christ's past work on the cross and in the descent to to the dead. And so we continually look back to that moment. And God's so good to us and Jesus is so gracious to us to, to help us remember he institutes what's called the Lord's Supper Communion. They're in the upper room with the disciples before his arrest and crucifixion. He gives us this physical picture of the spiritual truth. That Jesus, God in the flesh, would offer his flesh. That he would spill his blood as the ultimate sacrificial lamb. And by his sacrifice, our sins are atoned for. God's wrath is satisfied. And we have access to the Father for all eternity. And so this is what we're reminded of. This is what this points to. Every time uh, we eat the bread and we drink the juice, it's this tangible reminder of everything we've talked about and everything we've sung about, everything we've read about this evening. And so it's a joy that every time we get to do this, we do this as a church body, a church family, that we come to the table with sober, yet joyful hearts to observe communion. And so if you're a follower of Jesus today, someone who's trusted in Christ, we want to invite you to partake of the element sometime during the next two songs um, when you're ready. If you're not a follower of Jesus yet, we would encourage you to not partake because doing so would identify yourself with Jesus. We would encourage you to think, pray, consider. Um, But let me do this. Let me pray for us and then 
uh, we'll continue in worship, and you're welcome to partake of the elements when you're ready. Let's pray. Father, to say thank you for Jesus' shed blood and death just feels so inadequate, um, yet we still say thank you. Uh, Lord, again, we're thankful that Jesus took on flesh, that he would allow um, his body to be arrested, uh, that he would go to trial, he'd allow his body to be beaten and whipped and nailed to a cross, that he'd allow his lifeless body to be buried in a tomb. And so, Father, this evening we want to remember and we want to celebrate this event that both brings you glory and brings us hope. We have hope because we had a perfect substitute in Jesus. We have hope because every single one of our sins has been completely paid for on the cross, never to answer for them ever again. That anyone in Christ, there is no condemnation. And so we say thank you. But Father, this evening, we also want to acknowledge that, that Jesus really can sympathize with our weaknesses, and that includes physical death. And so, Lord, we rejoice this evening that, that he went to the place of the dead, that he proclaimed victory, and it's a victory that we share in, even though our bodies may be buried for a period of time until Jesus' glorious return, and we're resurrected to live with him forever. So, Father, again, we say thank you. And we pray for your blessing on the rest of our time. Lord, would you please bless us as we continue in worship through song, and please bless us as we continue in worship through observing communion together. Father, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray all of these things. Amen.